Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. That's step one. What are your soul level values? Step two, and it's a big one, commit your life to serving them. Most people spend their whole lives negotiating with step two, asymptotically approaching the willingness to actually surrender their life to those values. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This episode is part two of a four-part series on meaningfulness. In the first part, we defined meaningfulness, and today we're going to learn a process for creating it. You always have two choices when it comes to work. You can find a job that you kind of like and hope that meaningfulness finds you, or you can actively pursue and create that meaningfulness. We live in a world of mediocrity because people often choose the former, but we don't have to. We can choose to take the responsibility into our own hands and create meaningfulness. I offer weekly member webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because I believe with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, click the podcast cover art, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. How does one create meaningfulness? Particularly good question for on the, on the days when we don't want to do something. It would be nice to know. Change one's relationship to it. What does that look like? Let's get granular with it. I could say, for instance, to myself, I could either say that this job sucks or find a way to uh for find a way that I can use it to fulfill my own values. Mm. Just just uh reframing it for mm-hmm. oneself challenge oneself to reframe what's going on and seeing is is there a way that i can use this yeah maybe maybe is there something i haven't seen before yeah nice well said so let's let's distill that down and sort of create a formula out of this so step one is defining what we could call your soul level values archetypal level values love wisdom truth fortitude passion universal kind of archetypal values. I would say that it's a good idea for anyone to choose up to three, but ideally no more than two, just so one can focus. That's step one. What are your soul level values? Step two, and it's a big one, commit your life to serving them. Most people spend their whole lives negotiating with step two, asymptotically approaching the willingness to actually surrender their life to those values. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Even if you don't haven't actually explicitly named what your values are, 
people are still mostly negotiating with it because you don't, you can just look at the content of your life. You can look at the history and deduce your values. You can usually see them. They're there, they're operating, they're driving you. And then are, are you willing to commit your life to those? And even if you don't want to commit or are not yet ready to commit all the way, okay, are you willing to commit a little bit? Are you willing to commit some of the time and then drink beer and play video games, you know, the other 10% of the time? All right, that's cool. That's fine. It's not like it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. The, the most powerful results come when it's a, a really whole, as Michael Gerber used to say, a whole hog plus postage commitment. <laughs> the etymology of that, uh, that phrase. And he would say it whole hog plus postage. So, step one, what are your soul level values? Big question. Step two, are you willing to surrender your life and commit your life to serving those values? Step three, you look for moments where you can pivot from not serving those values to serving those values to catch yourself to, because that's where the practice is. Step three is where the real work begins. Even though the soul searching of steps one and two is, is big, you can do those in a couple of hours, but the practice where actual human development happens is like, say for example, your values are love and truth and you're in a conversation with someone and you start disagreeing with that person. And you see that in the past, you're, the, the way things would play out is you would make truth more important than love. And you, your need to be right would cause you to create disharmony in that conversation because of an imbalance between truth and love. And if you start to feel like your heart starts beating a little fast, you start to feel a little animated, a little adrenalized. Those are the moments. That's the moment where you can reconnect and go, okay, am I serving love in this moment and not only truth? That's a pivot point. And every time you do that, you create meaning. You create a meaningful moment because that's a place where you make it so that your outside is a reflection of an expression of your deepest inside truth, your deepest inside value. You're seeking a kind of coherence and you're starting to see my experience is going off of the rails. It's going astray from my deepest values. I'm going to guide it back to my straight and narrow path to borrow the esoteric Christian phrase. And that's really what the straight and narrow path is fundamentally about. It's about staying true to your values. And isn't it amazing how our shadows will tell us, well, certain circumstances on the outside of us need to be the case so that we can have that kind of meaning. Like the mood's got to be right. I got to be doing work that I really love. I have to have employees who are engaged. I, I have to have enough money. I have to be happy. I have to, whatever, this, that, that's what the shadows makes, makes excuses, right? What really does have to be in place for that to happen? What's really necessary for that moment to happen? That commitment that you spoke of in step two. That's it. And the mindfulness to be able to see whether you're living according to it. 
That's the beautiful, amazing thing about this. It's free and you can have it whenever you want. It's an all-you-can-eat meaningfulness buffet. You don't have to go on a corporate retreat in the Rocky Mountains. You don't have to bungee jump. You don't have to spend $400 on a meal on a really romantic date. You don't have to fast in the desert for three days and three nights with no water or food. Those things can help to produce meaningful moments because they call you forth in a pure being kind of way. They focus your attention, but they're not necessary ingredients. Meaningfulness is available to you every moment of every day. Sobering, isn't it? This pivot point is like what you said during the course, if not other times too, that the way you become more responsible or maybe anything else is by looking for the places where you're not. Yes. Good connection. Same thing. Because the pivot point is the moment the self-manager shows up and says, "Mm, been down that road before. Let's try something different. I know it's different. I know it's maybe a little uncomfortable. Let's try it anyway. You know, because the, the funny thing about discomfort, it occurs to me in this moment, it's like we want something different in terms of results in our life, but we don't want to have to feel different to get it. You know, you know, there's the phrase like, if you, if you think the way you've always thought, you'll do what you've always done and then you'll have what you've always had. So the inverse is if you want to have something different, you're going to have to do something different, which means you're going to have to think something different. Now, I add a layer before that, the, the, the phrase, I don't know who made it up. If you think the way you've always thought, you'll do what you've always done and you'll uh, have what you've always had or got what you've always gotten. But what's the first thing? What's prior to the thinking? Being. Being, yes. Tiffany for the win. Ten, ten points. Ten, ten points, points, please. No. And I think, Einstein, didn't Einstein say that, Joseph? Or something like that. Like you can't be the per- person who created the problem isn't going to be the person who solved Yeah, he said the consciousness, I think it's the consciousness that consciousness. created the problem. Or the level of thinking, I think the words the word he used. The level of thinking that created the problem is not the level of thinking that will solve it. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.